This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, the Philadelphia Housing Authority just opened the Housing Choice Voucher waitlist for the first time in 12 years. This is formerly known as Section 8, but this is a lottery system. So what's it like having to wait for housing? It's Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. I'm joined now with our producer, Abby Fritz. Hey, Abby. Hey, Trinae. So we know the HCV waitlist opened Monday, but what happened on the first day? Oh, man, Trinae, it was kind of a chaotic first day. Um, you know, there's been a lot of media coverage and people excited because this is the first time it's opened in 12 years. Mm-hmm. And the website just got so many responses that it crashed. Mm. And this is kind of where where people started getting a little scared. Uh, people were going in person to PHA's office and they were worried that they wouldn't be put on the list or, or even their chance of being selected would be worse. Because of this, will this affect people's place in line? No, not at all. Since this is a lottery system, whether or not you put your name in at 6 a.m. on Monday or in a couple of weeks when it closes, you'll have the exact same chance as everyone else. Oh, okay. That's good to know. But what I think this kind of really gets to is the human experience of being on the wait list. And a lot of people were talking about this on Twitter and other social media platforms about what happened on Monday and just experiences in general. Um, I, I found a tweet from lifelong Philadelphian Rashida Jamu about his grandma, Burl Davis, that, that really hit me hard. Um, it said... My grandma was on the PHA waitlist for years, close to six to eight years, and about three or four months after her death, they contacted me to notify her that she was finally up for housing. Godspeed to those who apply for the PHA voucher waitlist. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a really, really sad story of this waitlist. And... You know, I, I saw a lot of other people posting on social media about it, uh, uh, various experiences. But, you know, the, the story really struck me because of all this media coverage. And I think something we've really been missing is, you know, what it's like to live on this wait list and maybe even never get off. And we got to chat with Rashid this week. Rashid Ajamu. How did you feel when PHA announced that they were opening the waitlist again? Um, well, I felt like the Hunger Games were coming back into effect because um, mm. that's how it felt the last time. I thought overall, of course, that it's a good opportunity for anybody. But with knowing that prior experience that my grandmother had, of course, there's like apprehension around all of those who won't be able to get on that list. Well, who will be on the waitlist, but won't be able to obtain housing still even after that and will remain on the list. What was her experience with housing in the city even before getting on the PHA waitlist? 
my grandmother's experience with being with housing in Philadelphia in general was, to my recollection, wasn't necessarily a uh, pleasant one. So by the time again, I was maybe like 12, 13, she had actually gone bankrupt because she was poor. She didn't have a job. She was disabled. So that already like counts her out of being able to really get a job, being able to provide. And then what, of course, she's getting an SSI check and then any state assistance that she got. It just wasn't enough. She lived in Germantown. We lived on Duval Street. We moved to another section of Germantown right after that into a smaller row home. And then after that, we were actually homeless for about a year. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was never really pleasant <laughs> um, because just in general, the cost of living has never really been on the poor people's side. So when did Miss Davis first get on the wait list? Around 2007, 2008. And what was her experience with PHA? Her experience with PHA was pretty much non-existent. So, of course, she filled out that first application. It goes through and they just essentially told her that she had to wait when she just had to wait. Whenever she called and she would ask, it would sort of be like this very indifferent answer like, oh, you know, you're climbing up, you're climbing up, but never really a specific answer or number. So, I mean, years went by and I mean, maybe I want to say four years, four or five years went by before she even got like one of those kind of they bring you into the office. I believe the office was around the Fairmount area. Um, and it was kind of like a screening, seeing what you could get, what you need, how many people are living in your house, your income, all your documents and things like that. She got that done and then was on the wait list for another two years after that. Um, and it that office visit was supposed to be like an indication that she was supposed to be like closer to the top of the list. But <laughs> being closer to the top of the list, but not technically getting approved for housing for the next two years is very interesting, right? Because you really, at that point, you really can't decipher how far up she really was, right? But yeah, in that next two years, she had already passed away. So it was kind of like, yeah, it was almost as if she never applied for anything at all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. So because she never received that voucher, how did that impact your family? Not getting that voucher, I can't sit here and say the entire voucher thing impacted my family like on its own. But when you add in the idea of not being able to sustain housing, right, stress and tension rises between family, right? So then you're putting predicaments where you have to ask other family members and then those family members who you may have done things for in the past can't actually like deliver for you again, right? So 
it causes tension. So it causes tension between family, kids. I was a child at the time. Kids, I had two brothers who lived with us as, with me as well. Trauma happens, right? So we lose access and opportunities to things because we now have to go out earlier and do things earlier to make money, but then also have to like kind of sacrifice childhood. So it's kind of this traumatization, you know, that happens, but then also extra stress on her. Um, she used to say that it's a full-time job to be poor and it's real. So just on top of like having to check on the housing while also trying to make rent, trying to like, you know, pay the bills and utilities um, was a full-time job for her. So it really like also does something to your health as well. Do you know other families who also had similar challenges with getting this voucher? So at the time, no. But when I shared my experience on Twitter, other people had also shared their experiences as well. So not personally, but I've heard that there are some people apparently who have been on there for like 12 years, 12 to 15 years. And even that blew my mind because my grandmother was only on there for like seven to eight. So uh, <laughs> 12 to 15. Yeah, it sounds like a task. Did anybody share maybe more positive stories that, you know, it did help their family? No, um, no. Mm -mm. I haven't I haven't saw any positive reviews or stories. Are you optimistic or um, how do you feel about the future of the voucher program? Um, I'm not going to say I'm not optimistic. I think that I read on their website that they anticipate about 50,000 applications. I don't agree with that. I think they're going to get way more than 50,000 applications. And even though selecting 2,000 people off the bat is helpful and then overall 10,000 people is helpful, poverty is super understated, not only in Philadelphia, but just in general all over the United States. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm not optimistic for the future, but I just don't rely on and don't put my faith in systems that aren't necessarily built to help people. And that's kind of where I am. So I wouldn't say is I'm optimistic for the future of people in housing, <laughs> but just not through PHA. <laughs> Rashid, you are also the creator of the Freedom John Instagram page and a podcaster. And your work really focuses on talking about black life in Philly. Mm -hmm. What kind of made you want to do this work? I think it's my experience overall, right? So even just relating back to homelessness, I was homeless not only once, but twice. Once once before my grandmother passed and then once after she passed. So just understanding that some things really aren't necessarily at our fault and helping people to understand that and also how to help aid people. A lot of times we collectively as a society we kind of position ourselves to believe that our circumstance now is our circumstance forever. So nobody's going to be able-bodied forever. Nobody is going to be rich forever, or at least your descendants are not going to be rich forever. All of these things are very changing factors in our lives that we need to be educated on, and we need to understand that we need to take care of each other in order to sustain ourselves. So that's essentially where I come from on the Freedom Drone platform, is making sure that people stay informed and educated about the different ways that they can take care of themselves and others, specifically Black folks in Philadelphia. But it's not exclusive. I mean, honestly, any resource I post, of course, anybody can use. And how are you continuing to tell your grandmother's story and stories like hers? Um, telling my grandmother's story 
is different because it's not mine. I can only tell that one part and her one, that one part of the story is a larger part of my entire story. But I mean, overall, things that she taught me every day is kind of how I tell her story. The way that I'm resilient is her story. The way that I educate others is resilient in her story. The way that I cook for other people to show my love and my admiration for other folks is her story, right? Um, my grandmother was a cook and I get it honestly from her. And just overall, just that's how she cared for people. That's where all of her care came from. We live in a house with multiple people. And so she always cooked big meals. I grew up not knowing how to make meals for like one or two people because that's just how my brain worked was to make it for like six plus. So every little thing that I do is a small piece of her legacy, but also a legacy that I'm building for myself. And I mean, she has other, you know, grandkids and kids out there who also carry her legacy in different ways. And also just re recognizing that devastation wasn't the only part of her story, right? Sometimes people tell people's story and the only thing about it is this devastation. My grandmother wasn't a devastated person. She wasn't a miserable person, even within a lot of the bad times we lived through, we had a lot of joy. My grandma instilled in us a lot of joy. Um, and it's that kind of the idea where it's like, you talk about your ancestors and how far black people have come. Even in the 1800s, slaves had joy. Slaves found joy in little things, right? And so it's the same thing for me. I, I guess she lives through me in the way that I spread joy. So I can give that. <laughs> Okay, Rashid, thank you so much for speaking with me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. The Housing Choice Voucher application is now open until 5.59 p.m. on Sunday, February 5th. And to follow the work Rashid does with Freedom John, we'll have a link in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis received a gold medal from the Union League of Philadelphia yesterday, but according to Billy Penn, a lot of people were critical of this move. Some city council members, the local NAACP, and Philly's Black clergy were among those who protested outside the Union League. And city council heard arguments on Monday over SEPTA's plan to overhaul its bus routes. According to WHYY, the transit agency says the redesign of bus routes hasn't been done in 60 years. And if it doesn't happen, there might be service cuts when federal pandemic funding runs out. On the other hand, though, some opponents of the plan expressed that the redesign would disrupt their access to get to work, school and doctor's appointments. The final plan is expected to be released this fall. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, hit that subscribe button, and be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.